Welcome to Tomra Talk Circular, where we explore how businesses, municipalities, and governments are collaborating towards a circular economy. My name is Mito Moran. Lately, it seems you can't leave the house without stumbling over a story or an opinion piece about the revolutionary technologies that are helping to transform how businesses communicate and interact with their customers. AI, for example, is everywhere, and the hype is justified. Digitalization offers exciting possibilities across many different industries. One of those industries that you might not think of is waste management, and specifically in sorting and recycling. I recently read an article in the Harvard Business Review that talked about AI and the misconception that it only offers insights. And this makes sense to me. The article went on to say that AI gives us, the user, the opportunity to make much better decisions. So it's not only the insights, but actually using those insights to make decisions that we might otherwise not be able to make. Another way to look at it is that big data leads to truly or true business intelligence. And who's not for that? Here to talk us through this extremely complex topic, the Senior Vice President and Head of Digital at Tom Resorting, Felix Fleming, and Andila Dlamini, Head of Digital Solutions Recycling. Together, they are leading the digital journey that plays a central role in the transformation to a circular economy. Felix and Andila, welcome to the program. Good morning, Mito. Thank you, Mito. So let's start with the basics. When we talk about digitalization in the circular economy, what do we mean? What does what that entail? Felix, we'll start with you. Yeah, maybe I start with this one and Andila adds to it. So when we talk about digitalization and data in the context of the circular economy, to me, that is a key enabler to make the circular economy fly one day. It's not the solution to the circular economy and the challenges behind, but it is a requirement, a basic requirement and enabler to get this to go. So we need to connect information across the value chain. We need to understand what material is available, where and how. And at Tomra, we introduced the concept of eight gaps around the circular economy that are relevant to close the gaps. And three out of those eight are actually directly related to digital solutions and data, big data insights, like you mentioned uh, from AI. That's the data gap. So generally, there is not enough information available across the whole value chain on what is where. Then there is a quantity gap. So do we have the right amount of material where? If you operate a process in the industry and you, you need a constant feedstock, you need to understand what material is available where. And then the last gap that is relevant is the quality gap. So what is actually the composition of the material? What is the quality that comes out of the process at a certain point in the value chain and entering the next step? So those three gaps are basically addressed with digital solutions and data, big data, AI as, as technologies. And in that sense, it's a, an enabler for the circular economy to become alive and functioning and rotating and revolving, if you think about it. So which material is available where and in what quantities and quality? And, and to just zoom in into what you've just uh, mentioned, Felix, if uh, for our listeners, if I think about the, the data gap, they may ask themselves, what do you mean by the data gap? Uh, so currently in our plans, uh, looking at the value chain, for instance, our customers do not necessarily know what's coming in into their plant and what they are pushing down to, to, to the tower screen. So there is that gap uh, in the value chain. There's also a gap within the plant itself. For instance, our sorters do not necessarily know 
what they are getting from the mechanical slaughters in, in the plants. And if you think about the quantity gap, where digitalization can help is increasing throughput in a plant. Uh, for instance, uh, we can increase the machine availability and machine uptime and thus increase uh, uh, throughput. So we are covering the quantity gap. And finally, example for the quality gap, we can use digitalization to increase quality. Uh, we can use deep learning uh, technology um, uh, that can help us actually uh, increase quality by sorting a bit more, preferably a bit more clean, as I say. But that makes it much clearer. Thank you. So we've talked uh, a, a bit about how this work works. Um, exactly how does it help the customer? I think it's if I start uh, here on that question, if uh, if you are a customer operating or a customer of Tomra, for example, operating a recycling facility or any other process, actually, um, this this whole process seems to you from the outside as if it is a black box. You have experienced people that operate it. You have ex uh, a gut feeling. You have uh, observations. But overall, what is going on in the process every second that it runs can be considered like a black box. And that is actually the point where data and access to information provides you really a valuable feedback on what is actually going on in that moment at this time. Perhaps to just add to that and to give you a concrete example with one of our customers for, for, for recycling, uh, uh, as part of Tonra at Digital, uh, we are producing these reports for the customer where we actually tell the customer how are they producing, what are they producing, and what quality are they producing. And through these reports, uh, together with the customer, we're able to see some abnormalities in the way that they were producing. And through analytics of those abnormalities, we could save the customer about 8,000 euros worth of a cost that would have would have happened if the customer had sent down downstream bad quality. Because what usually happens, this bad quality comes back to the customer and it needs to be resorted. So all of that resource wastage would have happened had we not had this digital solution. So I think this is a very clear example of how actually we can help customers using digital solutions. Okay, and this kind of goes back to, to what I said at the beginning, that basically AI allows for better decisions, and it's not just, for lack of a better way, it's not just the insights that we're talking about, but these insights that lead to very good decisions that might not be possible otherwise. Felix? So let me add to that uh, big data question that you had and AI pointing to these insights. Yes, in the end is you can collect as much data as you want if you don't generate insights from it. And so you turn data into information. And that's what uh, Andita highlighted with the example he gave. If you don't turn it to insights, you cannot take fact-based decisions, right? Pure data for the sake of data is not worth a lot. But if you add intelligence to it, either artificial or actually human intelligence, you generate insights from it. And that is the key in this. Yeah, in, it, in addition to that, I read an article that said the waste industry, as we know it right now, we know waste is a resource, right? But we are moving more and more towards the direction of waste plus data or plus information is a resource. Let me make an example. So currently I can I can recycle, let's say, a PET bottle. Uh, our slaughters will see a PET bottle that's uh, from a shampoo or that's from a Coca-Cola bottle, for instance. So this is waste. And this is a resort and this is good from the outside. You can be able to recycle this. But with AI, 
the, the technology that we're currently using at Tom Rizal as well, we're now able to distinguish between PT bolt that is food and that is non-food. And this is like with information, this is even better because we want to now separate these two. So waste by itself is no longer a resource. We need waste plus information or plus data to make it an even bigger resource. That makes sense. I hadn't thought of it that way. And you might have actually answered my next question with, with the example that you just gave. And, and that is, how does digitalization actually lead or improve circularity? Can you give some other examples? If we go back to what we said in the beginning, right? The circularity requires information on material that is available in the market. So if you if you are a producer of new packaging material, for example, you're running a continuous process. You need a continuous flow of recycled material that comes into your plant basically to produce new new packaging. Today, that information is not available at all. So you don't have a continuous information and a continuous supply of feedstock into your plant simply because there is no information on what is available where. So in the end, these solutions and the transparency on the information extracted from the data will help to make a circular economy actually flourish and, and start to, to rotate, if you want, so in a circle. Without that, it's always, let me try something here, let me try something there. We've proven this concept here, but to turn that into a continuous evolving and rotating material flow, you really need to have a continuous information on what is available where. That's, uh, I think, where the digital solutions will play a key role. And if you then want to link that actually to individual objects or individual brands, for example, and make sure that they are responsible for picking up their elements or paying for the recycling of their material they put on the market, then the individual object information becomes, in addition, interesting and important. Right? Where did my bottle of uh, soda end up and was it recycled? Is it back in the loop? On the bottles, we might be easier with uh, with uh, uh, reverse vending machines of Tomar Collection. There you have an easier link to close that loop. But if you go towards a, a shampoo bottle, if you go towards a packaging of your bacon, and you can think of all kinds of packaging, then actually the recycling industry has a huge yeah, data gap, if you think about it. Huh? Yeah, that, that basically means we need to to be able to, to track. We need technologies that are able to track this. And, and Michi already mentioned the AI. There are others in the industry, for instance, such as, such as the digital watermark, um, uh, which basically also allows for tracking. You can also use the fluorescence technology, which also allows tracking. Everything points back to what Felix has just explained. How do I find out where the package is in the, in the value chain? So if I understand both of you correctly, this is a huge enabler of transparency. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. And that's where we want to get to in order to, to really make sure that we're getting into a closed loop as much as possible. Because as you've said, Felix, if we don't know where the material is and we don't know where it's coming from, then uh, it's difficult to put it back into the loop. I don't think it's just a want to. This is a have to. I mean, if we have to close the loop, we have to get to that level of transparency. Okay, I agree. So, Andila, you just spoke about um, watermark technology, fluorescent markers, so this tracing technology. What are some of the other advancements that you're seeing in the digitalization space? 
One of the most exciting ones uh, ME2 is um, uh, the uh, deep learning technology. And like we already spoke about artificial intelligence and deep learning. And basically how this helps, it provides transparency within the plant. It provides transparency, for instance, customers want to know what material is coming into their plant. Uh, uh, suppliers are, are supplying bales of uh, uh, plastics to, to recycling plants. Uh, right now, it's just a matter of sampling uh, to know what is the quality of the materials that's being supplied to the plant. But with uh, deep learning and using image recognition, the customer is able to know exactly what is coming in without only endless sampling. This is really important because our sorters, our machines are working based on um, uh, uh, the material that's coming in. Also, it is very important for our suppliers to know what they're giving to, to the downstream. Uh, uh, thirdly, as well, within the plant, although our sorters are everywhere in the plant and they're able to tell, we are able to tell our sorters what is running in the plant, there are spots where our sorters are blind, and this is where uh, technology like uh, deep learning through image recognition actually helps. And this is also something that Tomra is working on? This is uh, something that Tomra is working on together with the normal NI app sorters, for instance. Okay. We really appreciate you listening to this episode and hope you're enjoying it. Still, there's always room for improvement, and we'd like to get your feedback. Be sure to complete the survey you'll find on the description page of this podcast. And Felix, you actually, you brought digitalization. That's uh, That was your task when you joined? I don't know, how many how many years have you been with Tom Rano? It's five years now. Five years. I feel almost like an old, old employee at Tom Rano <laughs> timescale. Well, I don't know if I'd call you old. I think you're one of the freshest minds we have. Um, what, what is Tom Rano's role in all of this? I think it's when when I joined Tom Rano, we were at the beginning of this journey and you rightfully said, well, yes, I, I kind of brought it into the organization, but it was already realized that digital solutions and, and connectivity and AI is actually a core topic that we need to tackle. So I think the role that Tomma played in this, and, and we're still playing, I believe, is being the market leader and being the technology leader in this space. We also almost had the, we were the ones that had to start this journey, right? And we also had the, I would say, the power to start this journey and the, the leverage to do so. So it's now five years later, we're somewhere around uh, a little more than 100 connected customers, uh, almost 500 connected machines. And a majority of those are actually in the recycling industry. And you can see how the industry actually started to look at us and started to pick it up and started to move. Um, We've seen over the last years also competition and uh, other integrators and, and partners developing solutions. And that just shows we maybe we were early in the game, uh, not in the big digitalization game that is going on for 10, 15 years, I think, by now. But in the recycling industry, Tomma was definitely the, let's say, the groundbreaker into that space. And we'll keep pushing it and continue to do so. And when you say connected, can you give me a, a concrete example of what that means? So in the past, the sorters were yeah, basically designed and, and built to sort, and they are still so today. But they generated information for the sorting task, and once the sorting was done, that information was gone again. When I say connected, what I mean is these machines nowadays, 
actually can communicate with their surroundings. They can communicate with our backend, like Tomra Insights uh, in our case, and actually provide far more information that they generate while sorting for other purposes, to generate insights, to, to create uh, or to bring shed light into the black box that the, the processes as such, or to combine it with other machines' information and actually optimize the process. So when I talk about connectivity, this is what I mean. We need to pay attention. All of that needs to happen in a secure way, right? Uh, cybersecurity and, and cyber threats are out there, and we read about them every day in news. But that is something you need to consider when you build a solution like this and you start from, from the start with uh, security in mind. And then you can start to connect equipment and use that connectivity to extract data, generate insights from that data, and then use it for, for example, fact-based decision-making or optimization or creating transparency in the circular economy context. Okay. And, and you've just mentioned one of the challenges. Are there other challenges that you see, Andila, um, that you see in this space? Yes, yes, there's quite a lot of them, me too, unfortunately. <laughs> As with anything new and developing, right? So Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, one of the biggest challenges uh, uh, with digitalization in general, especially in the B2B industry, is the culture change. So when we try to digitalize in an industry or within the company, uh, we are always first, of course, concentrating on whatever the value proposition of the company is. In terms of Tonga, we are selling our sorting machines and we are really good at that and they provide value to the customer. And the minute you start at digitalizing, there is that big culture change that's needed to actually understand the added value that digitalization brings. And this is usually quite interesting within the company and as well as with customers as well, because digitalization or software solutions, they are not tangible. You can't touch them like you can touch the hardware, which makes it like really difficult to also see value or also even pay for that value. So one of the things that I actually, uh, for me, one of the biggest like obstacles with digitalizing uh, in an industry is this culture change of really believing in what the data, uh, what the, the, the value that the data brings. This is the first uh, uh, challenge that I see. The second challenge is that uh, in, in a customer plant, uh, in an industry in general, we spoke about the value chain, but also within the plant, let's say in a recycling plant, there aren't only Tonga sorters. There are other machines that are in the plant, and these machines and the Tonga sorters need to stop talking to each other if you want to bring the real value to the customer. And what usually happens, of course, Tonga, uh, like ourselves, we, we, we are starting with digitalization. We are starting only with our sources. So when Felix is, is talking about connected machines, uh, so far, mostly those are only Tonga sorters, even though we can connect to other machines, third-party machines. I think that the key word here is that we need the, the challenge is actually collaborating and we need to start collaborating and expanding our view, not only within Tomra, but also with other uh, uh, sorts of dead party machines. Alex, you agree? I, I fully agree, actually. I would add to that. In the end, this journey of a digital transformation, no one will manage to do by themselves on their own. So it will require collaboration, collaboration with uh, customers, collaboration with partners, even thinking about collaboration with uh, potential competition around certain topics, uh, developing standards on data exchange. Uh, you can you can think very far in that sense. So in the end, it's about 
building an ecosystem of anyone who is involved in the recycling industry to make sure that information can flow and the circular economy can actually start to to blossom. Okay, so sounds like a lot of, as you've said, Andila, there are challenges, but it's all um, moving in the right direction. And I believe we've we've just entered into a collaboration uh, with the partners so that we can we can make um, the solutions that we already have here at Tomra even better and and move much more quickly because, as you've said, Felix, we have to. We have to do what we can as quickly as possible to move towards a circular economy. Correct. It's with uh, with anything that you start new, you start somewhere small and you start to build and you start to learn. And uh, we've uh, announced actually publicly end of last year that we collaborate with a startup in the deep learning space that is particularly around material analysis, what Andila pointed out, identifying objects in the material stream, in the input, in the output of a plant. Um, it's polyperception. And with them, we're trying to really accelerate that journey. So we're integrating them on the platform side, uh, making sure their solutions is accessible also through our solutions and that uh, the information flows seamlessly. It's the first step into that direction. I'm quite sure it's not going to be the last step into uh, into such a direction. Overall, I believe we as an industry really need to accelerate this journey into the future. Lots, lots only are we doing that, me too, uh, collaborating with externals. We are also collaborating with our customers. So the way we develop our digital solutions is uh, is, is what we call this core developing with our customers. So we have key customers that uh, we actually develop solutions with. We deploy them on their on their sites. We get a regular feedback and we come back and, and change according to that feedback before we put these solutions to the market. So this helps in in going back to my first challenge of making digitalization or software solutions more tangible. So if you develop something that if you code develop with the customer, uh, I think this 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 helps in bringing value. And um, uh, this is also what uh, another form of collaboration that we are doing. Okay, thank you. So I don't know if you had the opportunity to hear, we had uh, a couple of podcasts ago, we had a, a young man as a guest, and he echoed what many young people are concerned. When I talk to my sons, it's the same thing, this sense of fear um, of what's going on, the direction of the world, and, and how everything is evolving at the moment. When you look at digitalization, which is what you both do, what could you say to those young people with digitalization and how that might help or rectify the situation? That is a tough one to answer. So maybe first of all, I actually agree. Maybe I wouldn't call it fear of the future. I'm concerned about the future, what is going on. And I think that's where us as Tomra playing a contribution in trying to solve that. I have kids myself. Uh, the oldest one is a little younger than that young man that was on the, on the podcast uh, a few few series ago but there is a concern and i think the digital solutions i mean they have a in the, in the first place they actually help on the sustainability journey by saving energy by saving air consumption by saving if you think of remote services um, saving co2 by just not having to travel to a site you can fix things remotely so um, you can you can generate more out of existing equipment by optimizing it further using the data that is at hand so there is a lot of things where digital solutions in the recycling industry in itself already help with uh, reducing the footprint. Then 
At the same time, if we get a circular economy to fly, I think that is a major step forward in reducing our footprint. And if uh, any material we don't have to produce new, but we can reuse in, in our hierarchy that we talk about, right? Reduce, uh, what was it? Reduce, recycle. Reduce, reuse, and recycle, yeah. So in our hierarchy, uh, reduce, uh, reuse, and recycle, anything we can uh, move up is a good thing. And also here, I think that traceability will help, right? Uh, if you know where a product is going or packaging is going, you can actually change the course it takes, for example. Or you might be able to produce more local and close the circle in a more local space. Um, I think there is various ways where technology and digital solutions can help into the future. They are for sure an enabler. They are probably not the solution in itself. But overall, I would say fear, I think, is wrong. It's having a concern and taking actions that's far more important than being afraid. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would I would also put it as fear. I would actually put it as, as opportunity, especially for, for, for the young people, because they are the ones who are more used to, to, to these digital solutions. I mean, most of them, their whole lives are, are, are online. I think uh, when, when it comes to, to current challenges of the people adopting digital solutions in our industry, it's actually the people my age and, and, and older. Uh, so I think the young generation actually understands that we need digitalization actually to make this better. And they do know this is for their own good. Yes, it is us, our generation and the past uh, generations just actually uh, messed this up for them. But uh, I think they understand that we need these digital solutions to make a world better for that. Good. Thank you very much. You have certainly put my mind and heart at ease. So a uh, very enlightening conversation with both of you. And I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much, Mitch. Thank you, me too. It was a pleasure. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating, subscribe, and turn on notifications to comment on this episode. Visit circular-economy.tamra.com slash podcast.